Hello, everybody. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, and man, all hell broke loose after we went off the air yesterday, didn't it? Uh, yes, the uh, special counsel, Jack Smith, his grand jury has returned indictments against Donald Trump. This is the third set of indictments against Trump. So let's uh, before we go into this particular indictment, just the lay of the land as far as Donald Trump's legal issues. You have the indictment uh, from Alvin Bragg in New York. That's the one nobody talks about because it's such a reach. Even progressives are like, basically, I can't believe he did that. It was a reach trying to find a state crime by trying to route it through a, a federal stat. It, it was very complicated. It's, it's using a legal theory no one's ever used before. No one has really any faith in that particular indictment. The second indictment is the Mar-a-Lago case. Now, on the right, you will find legal experts, including Andy McCarthy at National Review, uh, Jonathan Turley at George Washington University. Uh, both of them have said that, yeah, that's a very serious case. That's probably the most serious case that you've seen against Trump. The Mar-a-Lago case could very well be the one that they get Trump on. Now, this indictment yesterday is Jack's, special counsel Jack Smith's latest indictment his grand the grand jury um returned this indictment after being presented with the evidence jack smith is accusing donald trump of attempting to defraud the u.s government uh obstruct official proceedings and deprive voters their right to vote um the use of some of the statutes and everything they haven't been used in, in a very long time, if ever, one of the statutes, I believe, dates back to just post-Civil War, and it was uh, it was a particular statute that was put in place uh, surrounding uh, post-Confederacy. So it hasn't really been tried, and there's a lot of skepticism about it. We'll get to that in a minute. There's two other legal concerns. The first is Fulton County, Georgia, which as soon as this week, we could see something for uh, Fannie Willis, the prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, is going to be using uh, RICO statutes. Now, Georgia has very broad, very far-reaching RICO statutes, and Fannie Willis is going to be using those statutes to try to charge Trump with uh, attempting to overturn the election in Georgia. There is some discussion behind the scenes in, in punditry circles that this one will, will go after Trump, but is probably going to go harder after Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell. And there's even an outside chance Trump doesn't get hit on this one based on what Fannie Willis has had. Now, Fannie Willis is a Democrat, a partisan Democrat, and has been looking at a, a way to try to get Trump. I expect that charges will come there, but probably going to be tougher against Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani. There is a fifth one. There's a whisper of a fifth one, another Jack Smith investigation in Washington, D.C. Now, this one is a campaign finance issue. And I've heard a couple different things. And if, 
if you kind of weave it all together, the, the basic idea is that Donald Trump and his campaign fraudulently uh, were routing campaign uh, campaign donations through different shell organizations all to help pay for Trump's legal defense. Uh, Trump was fundraising off the January 6th stuff, the, Jolen, the stolen election stuff, was, was fundraising off all of that and was then not using that money for the purpose he said he was going to use it for. And so there's the potential for a fifth indictment in that. I, we don't know for certain that that's what's happening, but allegedly this is a separate grand jury that was uh, spun off from the one that just returned the indictments against Trump today. So that's the lay of the legal land for Donald Trump. Now, this indictment, the one that came out yesterday, it is... I think it's pretty weak. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, but we have to understand that there's some stuff that's not in the indictment that the Democrats have been hoping for a very long time they would get Trump on. You'll notice that treason and sedition aren't part of this. That's what the Democrats, that's what progressives have been screaming since January 6, 2021, and that's not in this indictment. That's pretty important here. The other thing to note is that Jack Smith's indictment, what he's alleging here, what the grand jury has returned in the form of indictment, what Jack Smith has convinced them is the case is an excellent case for impeachment back in January of 2021. The January 6th committee and Jack Smith have done the job that the Democrats arguably should have done in 2021 if they had wanted to really get a serious impeachment against Donald Trump, but they didn't. They rushed through their impeachment process. Uh, John Turley, Jonathan Turley actually noted this uh, in some of his comments yesterday. No, I'm sorry. It was uh, I think it was actually Andy McCarthy who said it yesterday. Um, pointed out that. Let me make sure I get this right. I want to find the direct quote here. Yes. Um, He, uh, Jack Smith, Andy McCarthy at NRO, Jack Smith has extravagantly stretched these statutes in order to try to capture this behavior, and that's because this is really a proxy for what should have been a political impeachment process. If you look at the indictment, you look at everything that's in there, you'll find compelling evidence for a bunch of politicians in Washington, D.C. to say, all right, this guy should never be president again. But the Democrats never went that far. They, they rushed through an impeachment process. So now what we have is a set is an indictment on four charges that's at best a stretch. At worst, Jack Smith is trying to police thought crime here. 
And this veers off into First Amendment territory. That's what a lot of legal scholars on the right are pointing out as well. Trump is being charged of conspiracy to fraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of and attempting to and obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. There's never been enough evidence to prove that the election in 2020 was fraudulent enough to affect the outcome. There were shady actors and there were legal maneuvers while the election was going on that did call some things into question, but it's never been proven and Trump's own lawyers have been kicked out of court, some disgraced, some even disbarred for what they were trying to prove in court. In the wake of the January 6th riot at the Capitol, congressional Democrats had the opportunity to lay all this out themselves and make the impeachment case. Now Jack Smith is taking what should have been the Democrats' impeachment case and trying to make it a legal case. You'll note that guys like John Turley are out there saying, I thought the Mar-a-Lago case is strong. This one does not seem anywhere near as strong. It's not even very clear what Smith is accusing Trump of. At its core, he's, he's alleging that Trump is deceiving the public and that his belief that the 2020 election was stolen was an attempt to defraud the United States. But what Jack Smith has to prove is that Trump knowingly lied about that. He's attempting to do something nobody else has been able to do for the however many years Donald Trump has been a nominee and then president and then nominee again. There's been, there have been people foolish enough in the political process, in the political punditry world, to try to assume what Donald Trump is thinking at any given moment. And whether you like Donald Trump or you don't like Donald Trump, you need to understand nobody can predict what Donald Trump is doing or thinking at any given moment. He's a hair trigger. He's, he's, he's a wild card. He always has been. This was frustrated most people who don't like Donald Trump. The problem is that Jack Smith has to convince a jury that Donald Trump was knowingly lying about all this. That's what's at stake here. And you can't really prove that Donald Trump knew it was all a lie. Here's the other thing that's missing. And this should worry Democrats. The other thing that's missing from this indictment, all those people who spoke, who testified before the January 6th committee, all the people who testified before the January 6th committee, all of them said, well, Donald Trump said... Donald Trump said behind the scenes, he told so-and-so that he knew this was all fake. None of that testimony is in this indictment. Meaning Jack Smith knows that that is hearsay that you can't prove. You cannot verify that Trump ever actually said that. So that's a problem for Jack Smith and his prosecution. All right, we got to take this break. I know some callers are calling in. Y'all hang, hang on the line. We'll get to you. As we get back from this break, 
talking about the latest indictment against Donald Trump. Your calls, your messages on the KPL app. We'll get to those here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you're looking for more great conservative content throughout the day, why don't you head on over to my site, redstate.com. I'm a senior editor over there, and I work with a lot of great conservatives, putting out a lot of great news and opinion each and every day. Plus, if you use my name, Joe, as the promo code, you can subscribe with a discount to our VIP section where you'll get a ton more great content that you won't find anywhere else. Check out redstate.com today. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Let's jump right to the phone lines. we got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you today? Hey, Joe, I'm doing good, man, trying to stay cool. Oh, uh, it's tough. I think I think the word, the magic word that I've heard over the last six months is unprecedented. Yes. And I think any fair and judicial person sees the unprecedentedness of, you know, of charging uh, a sitting president in the way they've done. The unprecedentedness, the way that the media has turned a blind eye to obvious uh, corruption in the White House. The unprecedentedness is the, the FBI corruption with, with, the, with the social media and the unprecedented way that the DOJ, you know, I heard the Hunter uh, plea deal, unprecedented. Yeah. All these things, there's not a snowball chance in hell that all these things are happening by, by chance. It's a, you know, it's a congregated effort of a rogue government. And I think, I think enough people see that to now fall for it, and I hope they don't. I, I think that, you know, one of the interesting things here is if you look at the polling and everything, all the stuff that they're throwing out against Trump, all this unprecedented stuff, every charge they're going for, everything they've thrown at him, Joe Biden is still at best tied with Trump in the polling. That's how bad Joe Biden's administration is perceived by the American public. And you're absolutely right, Mike, unprecedented is the term that gets used over and over again. The charges in this indictment, unprecedented. Nobody's been charged in this way with these crimes before. One of them, again, is a post-Civil War charge that I don't think anybody has been brought up against anybody before. It is pretty crazy. Absolutely. And if you you listen to the hearings, when you hear uh, Mayorkas and all these guys sitting down and they'll never answer one question. I mean, that's unprecedented to, to watch it. It's so frustrating. And I just hope the American people, uh, enough of us, see what's going on and say, no, not on, not on our watch. Joe, thank you a lot, buddy. All right. Thank you very much, Mike. Always appreciate hearing from you. Um, we've got some more folks in line. I need you all to hold on because we're about to hit a hard break. There's not enough time to bring you all on. Uh, I, there were a couple people that reached out through the app uh, who had said that I was wrong about what the court had determined on election fraud. And, and when we get back, after we take uh, some of the calls, when we get back, I want to talk about that too, because what the courts found and, and what has actually been ruled in the courts actually plays into why this is kind of a problem for Jack Smith. And I want to get into that and more when we get back from this bottom of the hour news break here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Those of you on the line, just hang on a sec. And those of y'all who are chatting on the app, please continue sending in the message. Love hearing from y'all back in just a moment. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and you're listening to the podcast version of my daily radio show. Now, if you want to listen live, all you need to do 
is download the KPEL News app to your phone. You can listen live every weekday from 3 to 4 p.m. and communicate with the show using the app's chat feature. So go over to your app store, download the KPEL News app, and listen to my show every day from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be on the program. Uh, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. So, yeah, uh, a couple of messages during the break uh, took issue with how I portrayed the the elections cases in the court. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Part of the issue in the courts is that these very same people that were telling Trump the election was stolen were putting bad arguments before the court. And the court didn't just react, reject the idea that the elections were stolen. The specific claims that were made by these lawyers uh, just made no sense. And the courts actually reprimanded them for that. For example, uh, the claim that the Dominion voting machines were easily hackable. That claim is based on an expert that Sidney Powell had found. Well, when actually asked about it, that expert said that, yeah, they had found that the front-facing website, the company's website, was easily hackable. And so Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani turned that around to say that, that the machines were hackable. And there is no there's there's no legal jump that you can take from the front-facing website being hackable to the the Dominion voting machines being hackable. There's no way to make that jump that legally makes sense. It's just an untenable claim. So that was tossed out. Another one, uh, somebody claimed that there was evidence of, of tampering in the Dominion machines in certain counties. But when they looked at those counties, those counties didn't have Dominion voting machines. So that claim gets tossed out because you're claiming something and the machines weren't even there. That's the stuff that gets thrown out. Now, yes, there was a lot of questionable and sketchy stuff that happened during that election. Like the changing of the rules in the middle of the election. That's a huge problem. That's something that has to be addressed in the future for the safety and integrity of elections. But there's specific language in the indictment that plays a role here. And that's that that language, and it's specifically in the indictment, outcome determinative. The, fra- the, the, the indictment uses the phrase outcome determinative, meaning that the fraud at the level they are claiming really and truly stole the election. And what Jack Smith is claiming in his indictment is that Donald Trump knew there was no such outcome determinative stealing of the election, outcome determinative fraud. He, he's, uh, Jack Smith claims Donald Trump knew that wasn't the case, but still went along with those claims anyway, and there, there, therefore was defrauding the U.S. government, depriving people of their votes. That's, that's the, one of the claims here that he's depriving people of their right to vote by claiming this and trying to get the election overturned. The courts 
because Donald Trump's legal advisors were putting forward a ton of bad arguments, the courts tossed them. The courts could not verify a lot of those claims that those legal advisors were making. And that's why those cases did not get heard. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Let's jump to the phone lines. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Is it me? It's you. Uh, Have you seen the video from the State Farm Center the night of the election? The security video? From which state? Uh, Four people that stayed behind after everyone else was sent home. Was that the Georgia videotape? That's correct. Yes, so I saw... With the four large boxes that were hidden under the tablecloths. Yes. Okay, how do you explain that? That, that there wasn't something fishy going on there. I've actually heard the explanation for that. I don't have it in front of me. But again, it goes to why, why did the courts reject that? Why did the courts not hear that? Was it brought before the courts? If so, why did the courts not think that had any bearing on it? Well, it was showed to the Georgia uh, legislature and for whatever reason, they didn't. I watched the video when it was being shown. They did not at all seem to be interested in it. Now, when you have four people that stay after everyone else is at home, full boxes that were clearly hidden from everyone else, uh, the people that were presenting the video told the legislature that they could show the, the entire video that no one came and put those boxes under those tables in the middle of daytime, which means they were brought in undercover at the beginning of the day by one of the people who was actually staying behind to scan them. And if so, then why don't we have any cut? There should have been some kind of chain of custody on these ballots. You know, you can't just leave ballots laying around and, and wait when everybody else is gone. There are no poll watchers. There are no Republicans. There's no... Uh, Reporters, had it not been for security video, no one would have known that this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't pass the smell test. And I, and I understand that. And, and you're right, it doesn't pass the smell test. I know there's an explanation for it. I forget it off the top of my head. But I know there is one. The problem is, those, it was, the courts did not get a chance to address it. I mean, if they brought it before the courts and the courts kicked it out, why did the courts kick it out? If it wasn't brought before the courts, what was Donald Trump's legal team doing? That's, that's the issue here, and that's why Donald Trump, this case against Donald Trump is so very strange because Donald Trump had these advisors, Lynn Wood, uh, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, all these folks, advising him and advising him contrary to what the uh, people in, in his inner circle, the actual team that was working for him, was telling him. There were outside folks that were coming in and offering these explanations for the stolen election everything, and the people in Donald Trump's circle, the experts, everybody like that, they were telling Donald Trump that wasn't the case, but these people told Donald Trump what he wanted to hear, and so he, he went along with them, but they did a very poor job of representing his interests and actually proving the case. Their cases didn't even really get to move forward because they were offering such horrible legal arguments. 
And that that actually leads me. I want to play this clip. So uh, Eric Erickson, national conservative host, uh, was talking about this on the show. And this is part of actually Trump's defense. As to why he would actually listen to these outsiders. And this is this is a good reason why. Some of this actually plays in Trump. I want you to listen to how some of this plays in Trump's defense. The problem, however, for Jack Smith is this. In proving Donald Trump's state of mind, time and time again, when Donald Trump relied on experts in government, the experts in government got it wrong. Just as a few examples. When Donald Trump decided he was going to move the U.S. Embassy in Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, he was told by his advisors it would start a war in the Middle East. We're still waiting for that war. When Donald Trump was told he could not possibly bring peace to the Middle East without dealing with the Palestinian situation, well, he suddenly has the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, uh, Egypt, Jordan, all these other countries now with diplomatic relations with Israel. Saudi Arabia is coming. The Biden administration now working on the Saudi situation that improved greatly under Donald Trump, but he was told it was impossible. When Donald Trump was told he couldn't remove us from the Paris Climate Accord without deep ramifications to the U.S. economy, he did it anyway, and the economy roared. When Donald Trump decided to kill Qasem Soleimani, The Pentagon told him he could start a broader war in the Middle East. He could start a a military confrontation with Iran. He killed him anyway. It didn't happen. And when Donald Trump said he believed that the virus that came from Wuhan, China, had come from a lab, Tony Fauci told him, no, it didn't. And now the FBI and the Department of Energy, which oversees these sorts of bioweapons labs, says that's most likely the source. The CIA is noncommittal on where it is. Uh, But there's copious amounts of evidence that's come forward. Donald Trump was right all along, and Tony Fauci denied we were funding that entity in Wuhan, and it turns out we were. So if Donald Trump had been told by the people who were right about the election not being stolen or whatever, he's been told all this other stuff leading up to this, and they've been proven wrong at virtually every juncture, what motivation does Trump have to listen to them? And that plays into Trump's defense. Now, he can throw these other lawyers under the bus. He can throw Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and and Linwood and all these others under the bus by saying, this is what they advised me. This is what they told me. And when the other people in my administration told me A, A, B, and C, and it turned out to not be true at all, yes, I went with those outside people. I didn't trust the people in my own circle because they'd been wrong time and again. And so now Jack Smith has to prove that Trump was ignoring sound of, uh, advice when the people who were supposed to be giving him the sound advice were wrong to him at every step of the way before that in his administration. Donald Trump's mental state, his mental understanding of this, his state of mind, all of that plays into this. You have to prove that Donald Trump knew All of this was false. And if he was taking seriously the advice of these lawyers who said the election was stolen, he didn't knowingly lie to the public. That plays into this. Now, still the most the most troublesome legal predicament for Trump is the Mar-a-Lago case. This one is way thinner. This one doesn't have 
the 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 level of severity to it that the Mar-a-Lago case does. This really would be the kind of thing, again, Democrats could have used to impeach Trump and may have gotten a lot closer to that two-thirds majority needed to convict him in the Senate. But the Democrats screwed that up. And now in an effort to try to make up for it, a special counsel is indicting Trump on charges that have never been brought in this manner to, against anybody before, some of which had never been brought against anybody before. And it's not a good idea to have a test case for some of these statutes against a former president, especially when the case is as thin as it is. But keep in mind, what's missing here? What's missing is any talk of sedition or treason. What's missing here is any of those statements made by the people who spoke to the January 6th committee and said, yeah, Donald Trump told everybody that he knew this was all BS. All of that is missing because it's unverifiable hearsay. So Jack Smith doesn't really have much to go by in the way of proving that Donald Trump knowingly lied to the American public and obstructed on all this. Let's take our final break of the day. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. We'll be back wrap up, wrapping up the show with your calls, your messages, and more here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. You know, in case you miss any show, you can always go back and listen. They aren't lost forever once you listen to them. But I do have a request. If you guys listen to The Joe Cunningham Show and you like what you're listening to, go to your podcast app wherever you're listening to this from and give the podcast a rating and a review. That helps get the podcast out in front of more eyes so that we can help the show grow. Thanks again for listening to The Joe Cunningham Show right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPEL app chat. Just to kind of wrap up the day, because I went long in that last segment. Um, There's something else to note here. Um, Jack Smith has brought this this case in Washington, D.C. The judge on the case is uh, notoriously tough on Trump, outspoken against Trump, and uh, an Obama appointee, an Obama donor, and has given tougher sentences to January 6th uh, rioters than anybody else. Uh, and In fact, gave tougher sentences than even what prosecutors were looking for. This judge and the jury in Washington, D.C., all of whom are going to be made up of people who are not Trump fans, Trump could very well be found guilty in this case, even with the case being as weak as it is. The problem for Jack Smith is going to be on appeal. Now, Jack Smith has kind of famously been on the losing end of that before. I don't know if you guys recall, but back in, I forget what year it was, uh, 2016, Bob McDonald, Uh, former Virginia governor, was unanimously found by the Supreme Court. uh, Or or the the Supreme Court unanimously overturned his conviction on corruption charges. The charges against 
McDonald were brought by Jack Smith. He prosecuted that case and lost ultimately at the Supreme Court on unanimously. The Supreme Court overturned that conviction. You could very well see something similar happening here as well. That needs to be noted. All right. Thank you guys very much. Those of you who sent a message to the KPL app, those of you who called in, appreciate y'all. Going to do it all again tomorrow. 23 hours, we're back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. By the way, if you're a teacher and you're listening, I'm sorry that you had to go back to work today. Teachers going back to work. Kids going back next week, which means that after school traffic's coming back soon, which is just another nightmare for us all to have to deal with. You guys be safe. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, and email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast version of the show going to be uploaded here shortly. Go check it out. Give it a rating and a review if you feel so moved on wherever you get your podcasts from. Talk to you guys again tomorrow. Shannon is offsides next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.